Hello from Clio Cloud Conference 2018 in New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm Kelly Street. And I'm Erin Gerstenzang. And I'm Kimberly Bennett. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. Thank you so much for joining us on the road. It is a pleasure to be here in the Big Easy. Today, we are talking about legal ethics and running a modern law firm. But before we get started, we'd like to thank our longtime sponsor, Clio, whose conference is being featured in this series of episodes. If you like what you're hearing, why not check out their conference for real, along with 1,500 other legal professionals at next year's 2019 Clio Cloud Conference. It will be amazing. For more information, visit cliocloudconference.com. That's C-L-I-O cloudconference.com. And now, we should get to it. All right, Aaron, let's start with you. Tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself. Sure. I'm actually from Atlanta, Georgia, and I practice criminal defense. Um, I have a practice that primarily focuses on people who are charged with drug and alcohol offenses. And I also happen to be passionate about legal ethics and running a modern law practice. Yes, you are, and you do it well. Kimberly, uh, how about you? What's your story? So I am a virtual general counsel to small businesses, so I help them across their life cycle by providing subscription legal services. And I also help attorneys build out modern law practices as well. Awesome. With a little bit of coaching. A little bit of coaching there, yeah. I do. I, I help female, female attorneys specifically learn how to build out modern law practices, specifically around subscriptions like myself. Awesome. So you guys just did a great session on legal ethics and how that kind of collides with trying to run a modern law firm. So what did you guys talk about? Uh, yeah, so we talked about a couple of things. First of all, there's a lot of moments in daily practitioners' lives where they're brushing up against the rules and they may not even know that they're crossing the lines or even coming close to the lines. So we highlighted some of those moments, um, in particular dealing with confidentiality, having a social media presence, and using certain tech tools that, while they may lead to a more efficient office, they're not particularly compliant with all the rules governing how we're supposed to handle uh, confidential information. Um, we also talked a bit about what uh, new innovative companies and legal professionals are doing to maybe not push the boundaries but even skip over regulation and moving faster than regulation can keep up with to provide new services and really um, serve their clients to the best of their ability. Yeah, we definitely were um, looking to give a bit of the landscape and then also encourage and inspire attorneys to think about how they can move their practices forward. Yeah. One of the things that I really liked, because of course I attended the session, uh, was calling out that Gmail is actually not a safe platform to communicate with your clients on. Right. At least a standard unpaid free Gmail account or other services because I get emails or I communicate with lawyers all the time where it's like at yahoo.com, yes. at gmail.com. I mean, it's a problem because of, uh, for today we talked about the confidentiality issues that are happening because as of last month, Google just announced that it's not just robots who are reading their free account emails. 
And you know it's a free email, of course, if you have, if it ends in at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. So now they actually are making those emails available to individuals who can be reading and accessing that information. So to the extent that it might have been okay, although even probably questionable to use that service, free service, uh, prior to Gmail's announcement last month, it's really not that okay. Um, but, but we're also vulnerable to email, generally speaking, like even back in May of this year, there was an e-fail bug and it affected all kinds of like Outlook, all of our email platforms. So that was pretty readily fixed, but it just goes to show you that we're vulnerable no matter what we're doing if we're engaging with our clients by email. So we want to encourage lawyers to look for better, more secure channels to talk, especially when you know, you're know you exchanging secure or really confidential information like documents or social security numbers or anything along right. those lines. I mean, you find, I feel like a lot of attorneys that just start practicing, they just really want to do the practice and they don't think about all the rules, you know, not just even ethics, but just business, general business principles. And what happens if you're building a modern firm, you have to think about ethics along with or alongside those business principles. And so, you know, from an ethical issue, ethics perspective, it's a big issue, but from a business perspective, it's, you know, it's not the level of, you know, professionalism that we want to also um, show. So I feel like it's one of those points that it's a quick thing that if you're using it today, you can make a change literally as soon as you leave our, as soon as you let, you know, left our um, talk today. So I hope that it was something that really pushed people to say, oh, I can make that simple change today and be more ethical and also be a little more professional too. Yeah. You could really feel it in the room that there were a lot of people going, oh, I guess I need to go make that change right away because yeah. I didn't even think about the fact that that could cause issues for my firm. Yeah, yeah and it's it's also, I mean, the ethics are prob and the confidentiality, those are the most important things. But also, as if you're running a practice today, you're sending a signal to the world if you're using an AOL account right. or an at gmail.com account. You know, our clients are a lot more sophisticated than any of us used to be. And so you're signaling to the world that you're not quite caught up with the times when you're using those free, free accounts. So not only do you have to worry about confidentiality, you have to worry about what you're conveying to the world um, and maybe losing business or not being able to be as competitive as you want to be. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about the social media aspect of things because I was actually, as a marketer I ha and, and non-lawyer, I had to kind of take a step back while you guys were talking about the different ways that you can talk about clients on your social media and I just was blown away like how do you as a lawyer navigate those intricacies those little different things that make posting about a client okay versus not okay or posting about a case okay versus not okay I mean I would say one of the best ways is just to be really intentional about it I think sometimes we want to always post in the moment and you don't give yourself a chance to think through what are the issues so just use your legal mind to say, okay, let's plan this out ahead and then be able to take and, and do an analysis to say, does it check off these, these boxes? And if it's something that crosses the line, then you know you can't post it or can you cr be more creative about how you do it? So part of what you know, I've found is, is to be more intentional about how I'm posting it so that I can have the, the analysis ahead of time and then do the postings, right? And then just engage and utilize it, but not be scared, just be intentional about how you're using your time and when you're thinking about what's good to post and what's not good to post. Yeah, and I think one of the dangers that we all 
we all have to confront is that we tend to evaluate our own conduct based upon what our peers are doing. Right. And so when people are posting, we're taking the shortcut of thinking, well, you know, my friend Bob, the lawyer, he posted something like this and he's the best lawyer I know, so it must be ethical instead of doing that evaluation ourselves. And you don't necessarily have to spend a lot, a lot of time with the rules. Really, it's very easy. Most of the bars, it's very easy to look at the rules. But also, uh, one of the things we encourage practitioners to do is to join the legal tech community and just read. You know, legal yeah. tech is obsessed with ethics and write really interesting articles about it every single day. So just sort of tapping into that world and, and getting out of, you know, it's very easy for us to get stuck and obsessed with our own practice areas, um, but we need to sort of join that larger conversation and then those, those pitfalls become more obvious to you and it becomes more fluid and you don't have to access the rules every single time you right. post because these are really basic concepts that are easy to get once you start to get comfortable with them. Yeah, and I will say, like, it's not even when I'm thinking about posting or when other people are thinking about it coming out of our talk. It's not that I have to go back to the rules. I know kind of what the boundaries are. And so in the moment where you're thinking about, you know, you're going to take all these pictures, you're not thinking about it. You're trying to capture a good moment. Then you have the time to think through it. So you're right. It does, it's not like it's a long process. It's just taking the time to give yourself the ability to, to have that internal conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that really applies to to me as a you know an online marketer is the fact that uh, you brought up that SEOs, your if you're using a marketing company, that they shouldn't have access to your intake forms and your client information. And that was something that um, it's not something that I am personally doing is accessing lawyers' client information. But it was like, oh yeah, of, of course. There's actually are a lot of marketing companies that do require that their clients give them that information. So the contact forms, please contact me, tell me a little bit about your case, right? Almost every lawyer is encouraged to have that on their website. And if they're working with anybody who's helping them, usually those companies want to see who's coming. Are they hiring? Is this converting? Because from a business perspective, you need to be able to evaluate ROI and return on investment. But you can't do that. Law is different. And so you can't really treat clients in the same way that you would treat regular consumers um, because this is confidential information. And even if they don't become your client, right. you still owe them the duty of confidentiality. So you need, to, and you need to be the one, this is the important thing that attorneys miss is you need to be the one who owns that relationship with your consultant and tells them what the rules are because they don't know the rules always. And it's not their responsibility to make those decisions. The attorney really does have to sit in the driver's seat, which is scary because we don't all understand the technology. So that can be terrifying, right. um, but it, it's not that hard to get comfortable with. I don't want people to be scared away from doing it. You should absolutely be embracing these new business technologies, but you need to be a little bit more careful than some attorneys are being. Yeah. And I think it's about, you know, designing around it, right? Like, yeah. so like you can use it is just what are, what are the parameters and how do we use it? So maybe Maybe you can't get all the traditional information a, a business would receive in an intake form, but there are things that we can get and then just limit it so that you, that we own it and then you train and you get, you get those agreements done so you understand how they're managing the, the information. And just like I said, it's kind of about back, back to being intentional about all of the things that we're doing, whether it's delivering a service, whether it's utilizing you know, social media, whether it's thinking about what email provider we're using. It's just taking that time to think through it. Yeah. And one last question for each of you. You talked about technologies that can kind of help you get around, not really skirt ethical rules, but kind of work within being a small firm and these little add-on services that can help you. Can you each pick one that is your favorite future thinking tech to, to talk about? Um, I think for
for me, what my favorite is Zapier in terms of technology in the office. And Zapier has allowed me to automate and sort of connect all of my different applications. It stands between my Gmail and my Clio, which lets my applications do all the work behind my back. And so they talk. And one of the things that I love about Zapier is that they don't retain any of that confidential information. And so um, while I don't know of any technology out there that's perfect, especially technologies. These are not technologies that are designed with lawyers in mind. They're just designed for people and businesses. Um, I think that that's a really good, I look for that in the technology that I'm using where they're not retaining that information. Or I can control it and delete it very quickly after um, it's come into my law office so that I'm not worried about that exposure of you know, companies getting hacked and now my client's personal information is out there and it's my fault. Yeah, I mean, I love Zapier too. I mean, it automates, it helps you automate. So, and automation is where you need to go if you're going to be a modern firm. Um, so, if I'm thinking about another tool that I really like, I maybe would say there's this tool called Legal Sifter. And so, it is, it uses AI to uh, review contracts. So, it's a newer tool just coming out. And I really embrace technology that starts doing things that I think lawyers can lean into more and say, hey, let the technology provide that service and we can lean into more of being the advisor role and being able to really hone in and get to the complex levels of an agreement. So this, this particular tool for me as a transactional attorney has been, you know, I, I'm excited to continue to add it to my practice and use Zapier and use these other tools to really level it up. Yeah, letting you focus on actually doing the things that provide extra value to your clients and not dealing with the things that are just kind of your, your transactional day-to-day -day stuff. Exactly. Exactly. That's really cool. All right, before we close it out for today, I have one last question for you. If our listeners would like to follow up, how can they reach you? You can reach me on social at, at EHG Law Firm. And you can reach me across all social channels too at, at K Bennett Law. Awesome. Kimberly, Aaron, thank you so much. We have reached the end of the road for today's episode. I want to thank our guests for joining us today. Aaron, Kimberly, you guys were awesome. We also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please rate us an Apple podcast. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with the Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.